Dr. April Murdoch with another episode of Becoming a Financially Confident Woman. And today I have a subject matter expert in the field of health insurance. And if any of you out there are like me, health insurance is like Mandarin. It's a whole nother language. You are completely clueless. All you care about, I know for me, maybe there's someone out there like me, is I want to go to the doctor, show my card, know how much my copay is, and leave. I don't understand deductibles and out-of-pockets and maxes and all the different plans that they have out there. But I have someone today who does, and her name is Lori Johns, and she's with the Tyson and Associates Agency. And actually, she is my health insurance agent. And so even though I do a lot of things financial, I do not play with health insurance because because I know and I have experienced getting hit by the IRS by not having my ducks in a row. I was just whining to Lori about my my trials and my tribulations when it comes to health insurance. So without further ado, I want to welcome Lori to the show. Lori, thank you so much for being willing to share your expertise on this really convoluted topic. <laughs> Thanks for having me, April. We'll start off with, uh, I've been doing this for 25 years, and Tristy, you are not the, the it, it, I like to say it's clear as mud. And it, <laughs> it's, it's You're really, right. It really comes to, you know, the rules for the Affordable Care Act, uh, what's considered income and what's not considered income, and what you were, and just the verbiage. Most people don't understand the verbiage, and I joke, when I first came into the insurance industry back in 1999, everything was an acronym. It was PPOs and HMOs and PPOs, and, and I was like, oh, I was, my eyes were going to cross, and I was just never going to get the hang of it. And so, you know, I lead with this. I have been doing this for 25 years. I have a pretty solid working grasp of how it works. My background is I came from a human resources background. I worked for Winn-Dixie for several years in both payroll and home human resources before I came to work here. Uh -huh. So that gave me that gave me a good like, trial by fire background. But mm -hmm. in 2010, everything changed. So even agents and people who had a working understanding of, of health insurance. Obamacare changed all the rules, all of the rules. And I think that is where most people struggle today. You know, um, you can't, before the before affordable care, we could go and get a private insurance plan. They could ask you a few medical questions. You could buy a Cadillac plan, you know, or you were on your group plan or you had no coverage and you cash paid. And today, I don't see a lot of cash paying. A lot of doctors won't even take you if you're cash paying. Oh, okay. Um, the reason for that being is that if there is anything outside of the actual, let's let's say I go in and I'm complaining of a cold, and it turns out I have pneumonia and I want to go to the hospital, and I have no insurance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, so some doctors, and and if they're an affiliate, like with Baptist. Um, if you don't have insurance, they don't, they don't, they don't want to see you. So what do you think the, the purpose was of affordable care? Like the whole Obamacare thing? Like, I think that the initial purpose of Obamacare, the, 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 the thought was great, 
the implementation was awful. Okay. So we want to go out here and we want to make insurance fair. I mean, listen, I want everything in life to be fair, but it's not. So they, they came in and this is what I say to people all the time. We came in and you said, everybody gets health insurance. If you have a job and you are paying into the IRS, we are going to get you a tax credit. Everybody's going to get insurance. Insurance company, you will cover everything. You cannot ask a medical question. You will cover from AIDS to Alzheimer's. I can write you today, literally today, April. And on December 1st, that plan would go into effect. And on Feb- on December 2nd, you could give birth and they'll pay for the whole pregnancy. Mm. The problem with that is that because of those rules and regulations, we 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 handcuff the insurance companies. We say insurance companies got to cover everything, but we didn't address what the real problem was. As we all know, pharmaceuticals are out are, are through the roof. Okay, and and hospitals and doctors charge whatever they want. I mean, do just do a, a simple little research for what an MRI will cost you. It could cost you anywhere from two thousand dollars at the hospital to two hundred and fifty dollars at precision imaging. Why the disparity? Yeah. And unlike anything else in our lives, one of the things that we were promised when Obamacare was originally laid out was transparency in healthcare. I'm still waiting. Mm. It has been 12 plus years and I have yet to see any transparency in healthcare. I can't tell you what a knee surgery will cost me, but I can tell you this, I can shop the price of a brand new Chevy at 12 different dealerships. Yeah. Yeah. And that right there is the real issue with Obamacare. The thought was fantastic. The implementation has been horrible and all it's done successfully is forced insurance companies to increase the rates, increase the rates, increase the rates, increase the rates, because they have to keep up with the demand when they're getting no, we've done nothing to cur- to curtail the cost of pharmaceuticals, nothing to curtail the cost of, of um, doctor's office visits and, or, you know, just care, care as a whole. So the variance in the cost for certain things or the lack of transparency in the cost of certain things. Because like I last week, was it last week? Yeah, I had an MRI um, on my knee. I mean, I don't know how much it costs. Oh, you're <laughs> You're going to get an EOB, which we'll talk about those. So uh-huh. EOBs, which are explanations of benefits, okay? So that EOB is going to come back. I love these. And it will say... That, that MRI was, let's just throw up a round number. You you, you see if you can remember these. $4,700. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to see a middle column that says allowable. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's $4,700 is what they charged. The allowed, meaning the contracted rate that your insurance carrier worked out with that facility is $1,500. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you owe whatever your percentage after your deductible is. Okay. 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 So now some carriers have gotten smart. Florida Blue is a good one for this. Um, you can go on, you can use a cost calculator, and you can check to see what that procedure will cost within realm. With you know, the problem is you need to understand coding so that it gets a little itchy. But if you've got a good agent, you know, and you say, "Hey, Laura, I gotta have an MRI. Where's the best place to go get this done?" I'll just do a quick dig, and and usually call or text you back, or show you how to do it. 
in the perfect world so that the mm-hmm. next time you need to do it, you don't have to call. But those options are available. The problem is, is that no one tells you that. So you're at the doctor's office, and I use this all the time. I'm at the doctor's office. It's happened to me a few years ago. I had my mammogram. I get that phone call that we all dread that says, eh, you need to come back in. So do you go right back in and go straight to Baptist Hospital and have a sonogram? Or do you go some, well, I went to 9A and I had the sonogram. And while I'm there, the little radiologist goes, oh, it's probably just a lymph node. Don't worry about it. And mm-hmm. sends me home. Well, you know how we are. That <laughs> I go back to my doctor and I say, lymph node my tail. And I said, I want to see a surgeon. So he made me. Gave me a referral, sent me to see a surgeon. The surgeon said, yeah, let's go get a, uh, the, the high-density MR uh, imaging over at Hill. And I did, and I paid for that out of pocket because my insurance company said, one is covered. The ultrasound and the follow-up MRI were not part of my preventative, and I had a high-deductible plan, and I had to pay those out of pocket. Mm. I didn't care, but... Right, right. If some cl- if I if I had not been thinking with my heart and been thinking with my head, I would have called Precision, <laughs> right? Again, I just go to Hill to have it done. But it was okay. I paid like eight hundred dollars. My comfort level was way improved. It was no big deal. Life goes on. But it's that it's that urgency. You don't know. You know, mm-hmm. the trenches. You just don't know. So my my issue is always. Um, it's helpful if you if you know something's coming down the pike. If you've had an agent that you're working with, then you that's what we're here for. I have clients that call me all the time and go, hey, I got to have this or I got to have that. Can we talk for a minute? How is this going to work out? You know, and then I have agents, clients that never call me. <laughs> and so they get a big fat bill and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, why did I get this big giant bill? So, you know, I'll, I'll break it down pretty easily. Every plan you have, you know, those horrible words, deductibles and coinsurance. Yes. Tell us what in the world I have. I, I just want to see zeros. I don't know. So my, my favorite one is most plans have a deductible. And, and for mark, for the marketplace, that deductible starts around 6000 7000 I mean, they do have some lower ones. But in the affordable care streamlined plans, these are $7,000. I don't know anybody who wants to pay $400, $500 a month for a plan and then be on the hook for another $7,000. Oh, wait a minute. And then out-of-pocket maximums, $9,000. So what I explain to people all the time is the number that really counts, April, is that out-of-pocket max. When you are looking at a plan, Mm -hmm. go down and see out-of-pocket max. That Mm -hmm. out-of-pocket max means worst possible year of your life. If you, God forbid, had cancer leukemia or just in and out of the hospital that is the bottom of the bucket my friend that is what you the worst you could possibly pay so after that nine thousand dollars everything else they pay a hundred percent so my my advice often to clients is how much is it going to hurt you between zero and nine thousand dollars because that's where we that's where that crux is would you be better off having just no deductible and co-pays you know, or do you need, because cause you're going to pay for that. Remember, the richer the benefit, the higher the premium. The more of the insurance that you're willing to take on yourself, the lower the premium. Gotcha. So when you say deductible, okay, so now I get the out-of-pocket max. So 
um, folks, I guess this is a lesson to us to have the out-of-pocket max sitting somewhere in a perfect world, right? It would be yeah, in a perfect world. It's in a savings account somewhere where you can get it. Okay. So that's the, that would be the most you would pay in a year. But what do you mean when you say annual deductible? So an annual deductible, and this is where it gets weird. Some plans require the deductible to be met before the insurance company pays anything. So basically, it's the point that you're self-insuring for. In some plans, that deductible is weight for things like office visits, okay, and prescriptions. Mm -hmm. In other plans, you have to hit the deductible completely. But in, a, in every case with Obamacare, there are 10 essential health benefits that are built in. And one of those is that we get an annual exam every year at no cost. That is annual exam, mammogram, pap smears, blood work, all of the things that are required. No copay, no deductible. Okay. So if you're one of those people like me who only go to the doctor like every two years and, and you're relatively healthy, then you might look at a situation like I do and go, I'm okay with an H. Like I, I have an HSA. I like HSAs. We'll talk about that more mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. getting too long. But I have an HSA because it gives me complete control and I know exactly how the system works. Okay. But back to what you were saying, so deductibles can be small, they can be medium, they can be non-existent. But typically the deductible is the portion that you will pay before the insurance company pays anything. So is that coordinated in any way with the out-of-pocket yes. max? Yes, it is included in your out-of-pocket max. Uh, oh, okay, bingo. So let's just say... So that out-of-pocket max is truly an out-of-pocket max, April. Any copays, any prescriptions in most cases, any procedures all of that goes towards that bucket look okay okay oh see oh my gosh like the light bulb went off it, it really it really is helpful if you can just get your if you can get past the acronym and just kind of my mom always says how do you eat an elephant but it yeah, really one bite at one bite at a time yeah mm -hmm. so, and it's like okay so that is so okay that's so cool so you guys the foundation of this is the out-of-pocket max. So in a perfect world, if I'm here, you correct me, Lori, because you're the pro. In a perfect world, we want to have the out-of-pocket max sitting somewhere in an HSA. Absolutely. But again, right? that's not doable. It's knowing when you start that, listen, I can go to Badvis and I can I can make payments on $9,000. I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the problem is, is how many hospital bills stop at $9,000, April? I, I had an ovary removed in 2007, and that bill, without the benefit of insurance, and listen, it was outpatient. I, I was in there at 9 o'clock. I was on my own couch by 11. $23,000 was the bill. Yeah. So, again, I didn't pay that. I had insurance. I was very blessed. But that's my point. You, We have no protection against what they're going to bill without those insurance plans. And that's what it's so doing. even in that situation, your out of pocket max is nine grand. You would only cut a check for nine grand at the worst sure. case scenario. Exactly. Case. Matter. So tell me like what's the whole then 80 20. So so coinsurance is another one of those things that insurance companies do to ease you in to the out of pocket max. So here here's the deal. I have an 80-20 plan, right? Let's just, let's play numbers. I have a $1,000 deductible and a $10,000 out-of-pocket, right? Right. 
I go to the hospital, I pay the first thousand dollars, then the insurance company starts picking up at 80%. And now I owe 20% of the next, up until I have spent out of pocket that $10,000. Okay. Minus 10 minus one is nine, and I'm gonna pay 20% until 20% adds up. To that 10 grand. That, to that 10 grand over there, minus the thousand we already paid. So nine. But the, the deal is it's still, and I like to say this all the time, it's still the bottom of the bucket, folks. It doesn't matter if you get there 50% or 60% or 20%. You're out of pocket. What's going to happen to April's house is still $9,000. Right. Okay. Okay. So that really is the number I think folks should be, from what I'm, what I'm hearing, that it, should it, be it, the focus. If we are trying to be financially prepared for yes. that inevitable, then we should have a savings account, in fact, all possible, that meets or exceeds what our out-of-pocket is. Yeah. So having like, and and I, I talked about this, and I talk about this to my clients as well, you know, an HSA account that has that, or a, just a basic savings that is liquid well, that you if, can access. If you're going to have that conversation, let's have that conversation, first of all. And HSA is a win-win for most, uh, listen, That's right. I have a 40-year-old daughter and a 38-year-old son, and when they came to me with their group plans, I said, take the HSA. Mm -hmm. And here's why. A family can put 6000 almost $7,000 oh, annually mm -hmm. into their HSA account. Now, they don't have to put that much. They do not. But if you go ahead and you start doing so, so like take my daughter, he's 40. Her husband and her have been working. He's been working for the same company for the last 12 years. My youngest granddaughter in that family is 16. The oldest one is 19, so he's no longer. Like, oh, you throwing out these ages, girl. Guys, if you see her, she the, 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 I don't understand. The deal is, is they have managed to pull back just because of planning, around $6,000 a year in their HSA. They never maxed it out, even though they're creeping up on when they could. But as Shell says, she said, their kids are super healthy. Their annual exams are covered. But the thing about the HSA dollars that people forget is that unlike your 401k or your retirement fund or your annuity, that money is accessible all year long for all kinds of stuff. Kidneys, braces, Take out your HSA. Oh, Junior broke his arm. Pay the copay. Oh, we need new glasses. Pay the copay. All of that stuff is covered. Some over-the-counter prescription copays. All of that stuff. Your doctor's copays. So if you're setting that money aside, and literally I tell clients every year, you're making an IRA deposit in April to get money at you. You better to put some of that in your HSA. The, the thing is, though, you can't just have an HSA account unless you have that paired mm -hmm. with that high deductible health plan. Florida Blue has a great one. I think this year for 2024, it's $7,050, and, and it's a one deductible plan. So $7,050, you hit that, you're done for the rest of the year. And it's $14,000 for a family. That that's But it doesn't matter if there's four people in the family or six people in the family, it's aggregated at two and you're done. So for my high-end earners, I almost always recommend doing the HSA. One, not that it, you're going to be paying the premiums either way, but the deductibles to, and the out-of-pocket is exactly the same number. 
So mm-hmm. it's seven thousand fifty dollars. Hit it. We're done. Yeah. But for for those clients that understand how it works, think about all the years that you don't hit your deductible, all the years that you've been paying into your health insurance plan and you never use it. Yeah, all that money is sitting there. Yeah, all that money. And when you turn 65, folks, you get every bit of that money that you paid that HSA back to use for whatever you want to. It no longer has those rules. So I am a huge proponent not everyone gets it and if you've got littles that get sick a lot but even there if i if i've got a kid who has ear infections and we're going to the doctor four times a year the doctor's appointment is coming out of my hsa it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly and that's old and i'm i might add that that deduction is shaved off of your taxes so if you made $100,000, you are automatically only paying taxes on 93 because they're going to give you credit for that $7,000 that you deposited. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win for a lot of my clients who understand it, you know, and don't want $2 copays and, you know, $4. Right. No, I think it is phenomenal. And I try to tell my clients that all the time. But when you, let, let's talk about Marketplace too, though. So, like, who gets Marketplace? So is- marketplace, you'd be surprised. So, uh, to be in a Marketplace plan, you must earn a minimum of 13000 Well, actually, this year it's $15,000, okay? Mm-hmm. So, if you, if you make $15,000 a minimum a year, you file your taxes with the IRS, mm-hmm. you are probably entitled to a subsidy at our tax credit, that's tax credit subsidy is interchangeable that will offset a huge chunk of that premium so for some of my clients um the way that that obamacare was set up there is um what they call share of cost rates so -hmm. depending upon where you fall on the on the federal poverty level the insurance company may be forced to eat it up to 90 percent of the actual out-of-pocket cost wow and as little as 75. So that means, let, let's use my 90%. If I had a $5,000 deductible and insurance, and I qualify for a seed plan, then my deductible might only be $1,500. I did one for a guy today. His co-pays were zero and $2, and he had $1,800 out-of-pocket max. Oh, my gosh. But he's making... Not much thousand dollars a year, so if he would have no insurance without that tax credit to make up the difference, but it's 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 not true and it's a misnomer. Those people who say, "Oh, it's free," it is not free for ninety percent of the people on the planet, and you must be working. You have to you have to be working and filing taxes, otherwise you got to go to Medicaid, and Medicaid is no fun. Yeah, no. I- so, so if you, the only way you can get marketplaces, if you don't have insurance through your employer, like how does that, and that's not true either. So if you yes. have insurance through your employer, mm-hmm. that employer insurance plan costs you more than 9.2% of your annual income. So if I make a hundred thousand dollars and my insurance premium for me and my family is a thousand bucks, then I can go to the marketplace. I mean, that's the month. You said 9.2% per month. It's 9.2% of your annual income. So oh, I'm saying if you made $100,000, mm-hmm. you know, gross, and you're yeah. $1,000, that's more than 9.2%. So you would be entitled to that. Um, so, yeah, in that case, you um, you would be 
you would you could look at the marketplace absolutely and in a lot of cases listen i've got several um and and, and clients who are making more than 100 $150,000 a year and they had they're getting subsidies that cut at least half of their plan and cuz if you're a husband and a wife with three kids $150,000 a day ain't what it was 10 years ago. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and health insurance as you know because you and I have just recently worked together, it's not affordable. I I, I know that we are told every single it's a portable care plan, but those people don't understand that word. They have no clue. Because Affordable care, I have insurance premiums that are higher than most mortgage payments. It's the truth. I mean, the ones that you sent me before, right, was like my mortgage. It was, well, it was a joke. I, you know, I, and, and then, it, you know, how picky are you? Because if you walk in my door and you're like, I want mayo, you better be, you better be willing to pay for it because I can get it for you, but you are going to pay. And there are some clients who are like, oh, okay, I want to go to mayo. So I have a friend that's in the in the same industry I'm in, and she said she pays fifteen hundred a month because she wanted mayo. I have a chiropractic friend. It's him and his wife and and their daughter, and they they got their rates the other day, and they were thirty three hundred dollars a month. Yes, ma'am, a month. He's like, maybe we don't mean mayo. Maybe no. <laughs> because the difference between the mayo and the non-mayo plan was about $1,800. Wow. Wow. Again, you know, lots of times it really just, just comes down to people are confused. And, 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 I'll, and, I'll, and I'll add to this, the, the perk to having an agent rather than going through the marketplace is that this is all we do. You know, like I, I said to you earlier that I tend to go to the experts and let the experts tell me mm -hmm. what I need to do. I don't want to have to change out a plug in my house. <laughs> I don't want to change the tires on my car. And, and I go to someone like you when I want, you know, financial advice on an investment. And it really does make sense to go to someone who does health insurance because I've been sitting in the same chair for 24 years. I've watched it come, I've watched it go, and I make it a point to stay ahead of the curve as much as possible. And you know, and that is, that's a very important point that you bring up because, you know, I'll, I'll be honest in saying, I think it was, and I shared this with you, maybe two years or so ago, I was working with someone, not you, and um, I didn't, I didn't get as, the depth of knowledge. I didn't get the support. And, and so um, I made a faux pas and wind up owing the IRS. And so I think one of the things that, and, and you can go on, you know, cause he, he irritated me so bad. I said, okay, I can just go on marketplace myself. Cause this is ridiculous, but I don't understand what I'm doing. And you know, I am not the expert. I am not the pro. And so, and I, I need a pro. Like I said, and I've seen both sides of that coin. So a lot of people don't understand the the level of of cohabitation. That's the only word I could come up with for that. Of the marketplace and the internal revenue service. Mm. Tell us about that because so, they are coordinated. Yeah. So <laughs> so it, it is deeply coordinated, so deeply coordinated that I have gone out to the marketplace, plugged in a client's information from the sheet that they provided. And when I get to the income portion, it will say, well, what happened to that Home Depot money from last year? Mm. 
but you didn't tell me about that. So then I turn around and I asked the client who was, well, I, I, I still working there in February. So, so you file your taxes and this tax credit is based on how you file your taxes. So as an agent, when I'm asking for that income and your social security, all of that stuff is linked. I joke with clients all the time. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want Obamacare. I'm like, so, so do you, not, you don't pay taxes? Cause they already have the information love. Mm -hmm. have it all. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if you want to give it to them or not. What you're doing is you're throwing away good money. And that's, that's never, never a good decision. What, what you need to understand is it is always best to underestimate. It is always best to be truthful. Okay. To the best of your ability. Okay. And it is important to go to an expert or at least do your homework. If you go to the, to the marketplace and you look and it says, what is included in income? There are lots of things that are included in income according to the marketplace that you might not, like you don't have to include child support, but you do have to include social security. You have to include any foreign, any foreign investments and lots of non-taxable income is still included. But you know what? You Talk have to about the one that you got me that had me fall off my chair. So my son lives with me. And I'm, right. I'm your son lives in your house. And if your son has a job and is not included on your taxes and you share an address, then that is a combined household income. That now, is a lot of people are like, well, my sister lives with me. Well, I'm sorry, but if she makes $6,000, that's in the bucket. People, people take Generally speaking, it's not a huge issue, but it can be. And we always tell you, if you got a son making $200,000 and you all live in the same house and you file your taxes together, it can cause a problem. Because because trust me, the IRS wants to know about it all. Right, right. The, the other thing that, that I, I often have to remind clients is, this is a bad one, but we're divorced. Mm -hmm. So who claims the kids on taxes? Hmm. Because daddy can't come to me and add Junior onto his insurance plan and get a tax credit for him if mama claims him on her taxes. Even if the court says that daddy must carry him on his insurance, likelihood daddy will have to pay whole price. Because she's entitled. So what I do in that case, and they always get mad, is you tell the wife to put him on her policy and then you pay his portion. Yeah. And you know how well that goes over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 they don't ever like the answer, but you know our our job here is to make sure that our clients don't get a tax bill at the end of the year. We do our due diligence to make sure. I look at doctors. I look at medications. Mm -hmm. I look at the kids' doctors. Listen, I, I could tell you that there are a couple of plans with Florida Blue that have do not have Baptist, which means they do not have Nemours and Wolfsons. Mm. early on, we had an agent that worked for us and she sold one of these plans because the parents wanted the cheapest plan they could get. They didn't even care. And I'll tell them. We get to September, one of the children is diagnosed with leukemia. From September to December, those parents paid for all of that kid's treatments out of pocket because they don't take the Florida Blue plan that they chose. And then come January, we write them a new plan. So, it is important to know, and I can tell you from my own experience, I have called with clients. I have called on my own. If you call the marketplace right now, 
and say, I'm thinking about this plan. Can you tell me if this doctor's in the network or if that doctor's in the network or is this plan cover this hospital? They will say, we can't tell you that, but we can send you the direct, show you where to get to the directory. Wow. And the problem with that is if you go to Florida Blue right now and you do a physician search, okay, and if you don't know what plan you have and you just do a, a, a search, you might get the right doctor. You might not. Wow. So that really speaks to the necessity of having someone like you help us out. I mean, y'all, I mean, I think we did, we started with this this year, you and I, yeah. and just to be able to say, you know, I, I go to a therapist and it would be nice if my therapist visits were covered. And I was able to tell her that, and this is my doctor and I want to keep my doctor and I go to the dermatologist. And so this is the dermatologist I need. I couldn't, I don't even have the time, the resources, the knowledge to do that crap on my own. But I called Lori and I called Tamara and I was like, this is what I need <laughs> and this is my income. And they did the research for me. So having someone that knows this system is really, really important because I'm going to tell y'all, owning the IRS is not fun. And I have never, ever in my life it was, and I said, I'm going to, I'll let us tie it up with this one. Listen, we, we counsel our clients free of charge. You can call us pretty much Monday through Friday. We will talk to you even if we're not going to make a sale. I would rather give you <laughs> that advice than for you to be banging your head against the wall. And oftentimes we do because the way that we look at this, April, because listen, we got to eat too. And I will refer me your friends and family. So if I don't sell you, maybe I sell your sister or your brother or your mother. But, but the main thing is, is knowing who to ask those questions of. And if I mm -hmm. can't put you somewhere better, I'll tell you all day long. Because I don't, I don't, we don't move people for the joy of movement. There's no, there's no benefit to that. And we, we prefer to have happy clients. Happy clients give us good reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got one here. So tell me like you, we talked, you mentioned it in the beginning, EOB, right? Okay. The explanation of benefits. Cause well, I, that, I, of this RMRI. Like, oh. Yeah. I, I want to explain that. So when you get an EOB, I always tell my clients, don't pay your doctor bill immediately other than your office visits. If you're having some convoluted stuff going out, don't pay your bill immediately. Give it 30 to 45 days because typically you're the bill that, that like for you, the MRI company is going to send the bill to Florida Bloom. They're going to do their thing. They're going to send you an EOB, and that EOB is going to tell you what what you really should pay. And you'd be surprised. I don't know if you would be surprised, but what you really should pay and what that doctor's office is going to tell you you should pay could be two totally distinct different numbers. Mm -hmm. And once you've paid them, they're not going to voluntarily give you back your money. <laughs> uh, and, and and this comes in a lot when I have seniors. I have to explain to them all the time because seniors just love to write checks. They just they just they don't want to deal with it. And I'm like, please don't pay them for 45 days. And if you're worried, bring them, bring the whole stack or scan them over to me and I will take a look. But typically what you're going to see on an EOB is what the hospital or the doctor's office charged. Okay. The middle column that says what we paid, what the insurance company paid. And then there'll be a third column that says what you owe. Okay. And what you owe is all you have to pay. And so the EOB is like the final word. 
It is the explanation of benefit. This is what you got done. This is what we did. This is where it went. If it applies to your deductible, it will say that we applied this much towards your deductible and you owe this much. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, absolutely. It is the end all tell all. It means we've paid our part of the bill and now you can pay yours. Mm, Okay. And and that's my biggest advice is don't pay till you see the EOB because I've had too many clients in the past who then were struggling trying to get, you know, a thousand dollars back that they don't want to get back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause they they already got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I use cameras. She's been fighting quest for an $11 charge that she literally wrote a check for. She has the canceled check. She has the invoice number, the whole nine yards. They still billing her six months later for a bill that she could prove in May and June. Wow. wow. So if we have those kind of problems, you can imagine what, you know, regular people are dealing with. You know. Yeah. And, and, and the good news is, I, I say this to you, but uh, don't worry about the delay. Oh, Biden, and one of the rules that he passed during COVID is that they can't apply medical bills to your credit report anyway. So that worry of having it turned out to creditors has gone. I mean, they may change that, but for, for now and for at least the last two years, that is not a worry. They cannot put medical charges on your credit report. That doesn't mean they can't hand them off to a creditor, but election calls you, you can just simply say, I have proof that I paid the bill cease and desist. Go ahead. Awesome. That's good to know. So, so you mentioned earlier too, like how to plan for things. So, you know, I shared with you earlier and that's why we're making some changes to my plan, but I'm going to have to have like meniscus surgery. And so, you know, I have no clue. But you you go under Florida Blue now as a member, you can go to their cost calculator and you can put in procedure. You can search the procedure like in your case, meniscus surgery or whatever, and they will give you an estimated cost range. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you can always ask, I always do, I, I remind clients, you know, you can ask the the surgeon that you've talked to, hey, can you give me an idea what this is going to cost? I just, you know, they'll give you a printout just like your dentist will give you a printout. Now, of course, that doesn't count for the hospital or the surgical center, but you, you'll, you'll have a rough idea. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it's important to know the verbiage like we were talking about before. Do you have a copay for a surgical situation? Is it a straight hospital copay or is it a per day? You know, those are things that, again, if you have a good agent, we're not going to, we're not going to bite your head off or call and go, Hey, I'll go pull the plan docs and I'll let you know. Yeah. We got, I kind of see it like this. I, came into this market working with the group side and I told you with a human resource backward background so in when I worked for Winn-Dixie Winn-Dixie was self-insured and so lots of times you know we'd have a cashier breaking an you know an, an elbow or something and they needed so self-insuring is that we pay this much and when you get to this point then the insurance company stops and so what I do for a lot of clients is I explain to them that you don't have the HR, but really we're your HR. If you've got something coming up, you've got claims questions, or maybe your kid needs therapy, it's something you've never encountered before, you can call. You can say, hey, can you give me an idea where to go to look for this or who's covered? Or, you know, is there a, because in the old days there were limits on mental health. There aren't anymore, but I would get that call a lot from, from moms going, well, it's, it's just $2,500, you know, mm-hmm. what is that going to cover? Well, that's not there anymore. Sometimes, um, you know, 
like I said, I mean, your kid is sick and it's the first time you've had a sick kid and you're waiting your way through chemo and that stuff. Th those are questions we answer all the time. And if we can't, we, we know who to call. I mean, I, I've had to call more than once to Florida Blue and go, hey, I got a client who takes this medicine. How's this covered? Mm. You know, because yeah. doesn't you don't know. And fortunately for us, we've been dealing with the same people for 25 years. We generally know somebody. I've emailed my regional manager more than once. Mostly those are about networks. You know, when I, I tell a client the doctor's in the network and then the client calls and says, well, the doctor says he doesn't take this plan. Mm. Oh, yeah, he does. Mm. Give me a minute. Because they have a contract with that carrier, to, you know, to accept. And if they choose not to, they can get kicked out of the contract altogether. Wow. Which they don't, they don't want to have happen. Yeah. Lots of times the girls at the counter don't know. They just don't know. Because I, I lead with this. Blue Cross and Blue Shield is not Blue Cross. It's Blue Cross and Blue Shield group. It's Blue Cross and Blue Shield Medicare. It's Blue Cross and Blue Shield individual. It's Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois, Michigan, Texas. I mean, so you're asked some little girl at the counter is getting paid $12 an hour. Do you take Blue Cross and Blue Shield? <laughs> She's like, yeah. Yeah. But is it yours? Oh, no. Not ever be in your favor. Because I, I tell Tamara all the time, I said, I'll ever. No, don't ask them girls at the counter. <laughs> call your agent. Yeah, call your agent, you know, or if you work for an employer, call your HR department because that is no, that little girl at the counter said, oh, yeah, doesn't mean no nothing. It means absolutely nothing. That is so true, man, You because there are so many versions of the same named plan. Oh, absolutely. You can get confused. I mean, just some of the options you sent me, it's like three different Oh, and, and all they do is change the number. Yeah, 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 I tell people all the time. The only thing I can tell you for sure is that Florida Blue uses a four-plan network system. So they have Blue Select, My Blue, Blue Care, and Blue Options. Blue Select is their narrowest um, network. It's the thinnest network they have, and they have very few... I think they only have two or three of the major hospitals in the city. My Blue is a is a strict HMO. It's a good plan. It's got a really rich network, but not everybody takes it. Blue mm -hmm. Care is their point of service plan. It's kind of like a hybrid between an HMO and a PPO, and I'll explain those if you like. Mm -hmm. uh, which means you can go in and out of network. Pretty much everybody takes it. And then there's blue options, top of the line, PPO. You can go anywhere, including Mayo and anywhere in the country. I have I clients that live here, but work in New Jersey or California. I put them on blue options um, because that plan will work wherever you are, just like you were at home. Whereas a blue care, which is that HMO, will only work in the state of Florida. It doesn't work. So, so what is an HMO? So we'll, we'll start with that. A peep, uh, uh, point of service plan, which is what a POS is. A POS is a point of service plan. Mm -hmm. And that means that typically you you have an in and out of network, okay, and it's a hybrid. An HMO, which is a health maintenance organization is what they call them, they generally have a gatekeeper. So what that means is with an HMO, you will always have a primary care. And the primary care will generally refer you to any other care. 
Gotcha. Now, there are exceptions to that rule. Like you don't generally have to have a, a referral for gynecology, dermatology, or podiatry, but everything else. If But I always say, I have never woken up one morning and said, gee, I think I'll go to a neurologist. I'm okay <laughs> with my prepared telling me where to go because that's just how my brain works. But there are people who absolutely want to go where they want to go. So right. HMO, point of service, and then you have EPOs. EPOs, I can't remember the acronym for them, but basically they use an, an essential provider network. So they are super slim pickings and, and they keep it to, you know, like, uh, like somewhere around four, 30 to 40% of what all of the other plans cover. They mm. that also keeps the price down. So the price points on those plans are much more affordable because your choices become much narrower. Gotcha. So what about, you heard of like these cost share plans. Oh, yeah. Now talk about those. What are those? My, my problem with cost share plans, and, I, and there are a couple of these iterations out there. So there's like the Christian share plans and a few of those. The problem with those are, is that they are generally biblically founded. Some of them are medically underwritten, meaning that they're going to look at your height, your weight, whether you smoke, um, whether you have any previous medical issues, and they'll determine whether to, play, to pay. On top of that, those cost share plans use mm -hmm. that biblical premise of everybody puts their money in together, and that pool of money is used to pay for claims. Well, the problem with that is if they deem the claim not worthy or they deem the claim to be, um, like I had it happen with a client, their 17-year-old son had a DUI. And the complaints are very clear that we don't cover anything drug or alcohol related because they are essentially Christian-based plans. They paid none of the bill, none of it. And then there are the other plans. We we see a lot of these are called America's Choice. And I have agent friends who sell the heck out of these. And what they are is a stacked plan. So you have a short-term medical plan and you have an accident plan and a cancer plan and a in a um a hospital plan and an intensive care plan. Well, the problem with those plans are, is they say all over the website, this is not insurance. This mm -hmm. is not meet those essential health benefits. There's a no guarantee of payment and it's no guarantee of acceptance by the hospital. So I had a client a few years back say, oh yeah, we found this great plan. It's only costing all $350 a month. Well, they were both in their fifties. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great. You, you do you boo. So they get <laughs> the plan. And I tell the story, she ends up getting thrown off a horse and bonking herself on the head 18 days in the ICU. She comes to me afterwards. She is fine. I'm very happy that she is fine. And that is not, to make a long story short, that plan paid exactly as it said it would. The intensive care plan paid $1,000 a day for 18 days. Unfortunately, the hospital did not bill her a thousand dollars a day for eighteen days. They billed her somewhere around two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. She got eighteen thousand dollars to pay that bill for her three hundred fifty dollar plan. Wow! But but again, those plans are sold all over the place, and you're healthy and you're rolling the dice, and that's okay as long as you know what you're buying. My problem is, and I've said this for years, that there are there's, there are some of those plans, like, but there are some short-term plans that I love, you know, that they'll cover for 12 months 
or three years. I got kids that are leaving college. They're, they've aged out of the parents' plans. I sell them. They're super healthy. If they end up in the emergency room or break a leg or something, that plan's going to pay up to a million dollars. But remember what I said. Your plan with Florida Blue has a no light, no maximum. If you end up in that hospital and that hospital bill is $7 million, they got to pay it other than you're not balancing. If I put your kid on one of those short-term plans and that bill is $7 million, they're going to pay $1 million and then they're going to stop paying. They're going to bill you the rest. Or you're going to have to figure out how to get your kid care. Yeah. And, and as an agent, I've said this for years and years and years. The purpose of having insurance is so that we are not making medical decisions based on financial ability. No one wants to use their wallet to choose how to treat their kid. That is so true. That is so, so true. Yeah, I remember when my mom was, was sick. And yeah, you definitely don't want to have to make those decisions based on you want your child, your family member to get the best care possible. And, and, and again, that's what insurance says. I know it's a lot. I know we're expecting a lot. So oftentimes I tell clients, you decide how much are you comfortable paying for before you have so so if you're willing to accept some of the risk on your side which is why i like hsa's because the hsa plan says i'm on the hook for seven thousand dollars and then after that y'all gotta help yeah <laughs> and i'm okay with that you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lose my house over seven thousand dollars three hundred thousand mm -hmm. i don't have that and i would be making all kinds of terrible decisions based on that yeah, and I know there was some years ago, there was a stat that said that the number one cause of bankruptcy was were medical bills. Um, and which is what I think Obamacare was originally intended to do. But let me be clear, at least in Florida, I cannot speak for all of the other states, but in Florida, we did not have that issue. There were lots of programs in place. Uh -huh. There were, I mean, I mean, as a young mother, I took advantage of the Duval County Health Clinics for my children's shots and their school physicals all the way up. Um, there was uh, uh, U.S. Shands has a financial aid clinic. You could go in there, lay your stuff down, and they you you could get care from from heart stents all the way down based on what you you made. Mm -hmm. So I do know that that was not the case in every state, but you know, what, what's happened with Obamacare at this point is that it's, it's made everything so unaffordable and so ridiculous and so bogged down that people just, you know, you gotta have it. And now there's, there's less and less of these indigent programs available for the people who don't have it. I mean, if you, if you don't qualify for Medicaid. Yeah. And you're not working. What do you do? Yeah, that that is, yeah, that that's that's the rub there. And it, even if you do qualify for Medicaid, you know the the care, like getting the care, seems to be so well, yeah. challenging. Well, it's the waiting, and those doctors are already. And listen, Tamara and I were, you know, you know, privy to a conversation with a very large insurance company in in late september and one of the things that has been brought up is the lack of primary care doctors we are quickly on the cusp 
like 10 years down the line of not having enough primary care doctors to care for the level of patients that we will have. This is why they are pushing towards the uh, ARPNs and the PAs, not because that's that's more affordable, but because they're not graduating enough doctors today to cover the deficit that is coming our way. And you and me and Tamara and any of our friends who are in their 50s are likely to see a huge shortage in those doctors because you know, I don't want to speak ill of any particular generation, but it, it's a lot to take on, a lot of school to take on, a lot of debt to take on from very little output. And we're just not seeing the doctors coming into the market that were 10 years ago or 12 years Yeah, ago. I mean, I, I, you know, I work a lot with physicians in the work that I do, and they are burnt out. I mean, they are, they are underpaid, they're burnt out, they have quotas, they can only spend, you know, X amount of minutes with a patient. They constantly turn over. So that has definitely left a, a negative stain on moving into that industry. Well, and, and it's an industry that's underappreciated and understaffed. And like I said, as I, I you know, if they had come to me <laughs> before Obamacare or any ages and asked us, what do we need to do? You know, the fix, and, and I say this all the time, I soapbox, but the fix, in my humble opinion to this, was to take those graduating classes of pre-med students, offer them a, you know, a four-year, six-year term. Look, we'll pay your schooling. We'll pay every bit of it. But you're going to give us four years, six years, wherever we need you, the trenches of Chicago, the brownstones of Phillies, or the Ocala's, you know, seniors. But we will absorb every bit of those student loans what you give that back, yeah. What you've done. Now, so, you know, you put the onus on them. You graduate, you get there, you 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 go out there. But the minute you finish that term and you go wherever we send you, we'll obliviate that one. If they did that, we wouldn't have the shortage that we have. Or then, I mean, yeah, they do have some of those programs, but it's it's like it's not enough. Hell, getting that them approved for them. Like doctors and folks that work in that industry are finding uh, working with the underserved that it's taking so long for to get those loans forgiven or well or, or even just getting the care to them in the places that they do have the clinics mm -hmm. like i said we could do such a such a better job of it if they if they would have put half the energy into that program that they put into obamacare think about that the access to care that would have been available yeah yeah i mean sincerely we spent too much money on a website that still doesn't work very well. Mm -hmm. And 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 I, I always laugh at, you know, and, and then there are navigators, the navigators at the marketplace. These people are sweet. They're great, but they're not agents. They're not qualified. Yeah, that was the, that was something that blew me away, that they are not licensed health insurance. They are not, which is why they cannot explain the benefits of your plan. They cannot explain doctors or networks or co-pays or any of that they are not licensed agents listen i'm fingerprinted i am bonded and i must do continuing education every year for both medicare and the marketplace and have done since for for medicare i've had to do training since 2006 and i've been in the marketplace since the very first plan was sold in likelihood I'll be here until I'm too old to work anymore. 
We'll see, folks, this again, and, you know, I, I know I've said it before, but this is why you need to have an expert that works for you that you can go to because this woman is licensed, she's insured, she's bonded, and she's experienced. And even if you try to go to the marketplace, even if you call the insurance company directly, the things that she's saying that she does, I promise you, you will not get that level of care, concern, nor information. So I encourage you, if you have a plan, if you need to shop for a plan, if you don't understand what you have, you really need to give Lori a call. And I'm going to make sure that her information is in the show notes um, so that they can give Tyson and Associates Agency a call to talk with you, Lori, about whatever they need in, in terms of health insurance, because I'm telling you, you have enlightened me tonight and you have been great. I know for me, you guys, I use her and she is amazing. She, her and Tamara have just been wonderful to work with and helping me figure some things out and um, keeping the IRS off my back now. So <laughs> <laughs> which is important to me, but also being able to understand my health insurance, being able to utilize it um, and, and just make smart decisions. And you really need someone in your corner to do that. So just like I say, you need a financial planner, you need an advisor, you need a health insurance agent, you need someone in your corner. And I send my folks to her that need, need you know, information and coverage so I encourage you to reach out to her for any questions or anything that you have. So thank you so much, Lori. Thank you for all of your information. I'm going to make sure my folks that listen know who you are, have your contact information, and uh, you know be able to reach out to you with any questions that they have. Well, thank you so much, April. It was a pleasure. And like I said, we'll get back with you on those other plans. I appreciate you, love. Thank you so much. All right. Talk with you later. All right. Bye. Bye.